0: Welcome to a special edition of the Calier Path Season
1: 3 episode. Do you think I'm just gonna hand over my show to you? Have you lost your fing mind? Listen, I'm not gonna hand my show over to you. You know why? Because it's my show. Mine, not yours. Welcome to Season 3, Episode uh, 7 or 8 of the Collier Pod. I'm your host, David Horan, owner of the 13th place Jabberwock. With me are some special guests. One of our usual co-hosts had a baby this weekend and can't join. The other co-host is Lusky and we all get tired of him. So, we've got owner of the 12th place Splicers, Mr. Dan Height. Dan, how's the drive?
2: Oh, it's going well, uneventful so far. Mazel Tov to Gabe, by the way. I didn't realize he was so close to uh, having a baby. Congratulations.
1: He's past close. He's past close to having a baby. It, it, it's happened. The baby. The baby exists. With us as well, owner of the oh, third, I'm assuming third place, sorry for parting, Josh Beer. Josh, are you in third place?
0: Firmly right? in third place.
1: Firmly Th- in third place. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing very well. So uh, it's good to have you guys on. This is an impromptu podcast. I think we all felt like it was necessary to react immediately to today's bombshell, the the uh, the, the ballot results. Let's. We've got a lot to cover. I think I, the first thing I want to start with is, I think the most important thing is the controversy from this afternoon or this morning and how we got there. So, first of all, I think the the controversy was that the the results of the ballots, uh, uh, of the measures were announced, but for one. And that one, it turns out, required another vote. Uh, and, And at least initially, the information that the league was receiving from the front office was that the reason that the last vote hadn't come in yet was because the manager had abstained. But I think one, one thing I want to talk about before we get into the substance is the eagerness with which the league was anticipating the results. Beer, you pal around with Amish. He seemed like the most eager beaver in the crew and perhaps responsible for the premature disclosures from books and, and TMAC. What, what do you, what's your t- take, first of all, on like the demand for information and how quickly the ballot? Turned around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it had been a week, so I, I, I think it was nothing more than he wanted to know what the results were.
1: Was it Amish who was who? I mean, I, I was not following the that channel's like chatter too closely, but was it? My sense is that it wasn't Amish who was sort of demanding that we uh, that we get the results.
0: Amish was definitely demanding that uh, that we have the results, which I think is funny. <laughs> why? why? <laughs> I don't disagree,
1: but why do you why do you think it's funny?
0: <laughs> well, I think it's funny because he's like generally a non-confrontational, non-demanding guy. I mean, like, if it was me or Phil being like, what the fuck, why don't we have results already? That, that would be, like, in character. But Amich being the one driving, the, you know, the, the need for resolution, I think is just a little unusual.
1: Height is. I mean, you know, Mac does a nice job with this. Books, obviously, we we love to hate on, but but no, clearly today, it was it, the polling. The polling on Slack indicated that nobody else wants the job. What, what, what's your sense of like the process overall and like the time it takes to resolve these things in the league?
2: Yeah, I mean, this this clearly was a breakdown today. Regardless of you know, it was good that Books came came around and made a decision, and kind of the decision is final, and and that's great. But clearly, like something went went wrong. One manager, who I didn't, you know, I didn't realize there was a nearest chupacabra on the way, so I, I kind of feel bad for maybe some of the things that were said in Slack, but yeah, he shouldn't be able to to decide his vote after he knows if it's going to be close or not. It just goes against like, our, you know, voting in, in general to to blind ballot, and you should vote based on what you want and not, you know, wait to, to for more information before you decide.
1: So what I was thinking of that so I so I think that this situation is a little unusual because the reason that he didn't end up voting on this measure was because of all of the family circumstances but it is strange that we as a league were voting on nine different measures which all interrelate to one another we did this last year too and it's not crazy and, and, and i don't and this was not gabe's intent i don't think it was anyone's intent but it's not crazy for anyone to say like oh i'd, I'd like to know how you know a b and c break before i decide on d but we don't we don't sequence our votes that way when we're when we're trying to like grapple with all these different reform proposals.
2: No, I understand like why Jake was late and certainly I don't fault him for, for being late on the voting. I still just don't think he should have asked if it was gonna be close or not.
1: Well I think his I think his view was if this is if it's if it's you know eleven to two, then whatever. It doesn't matter how I vote and I can go, you know, to the hospital and have have a baby if it's if it's close and I haven't decided how I'm voting on this yet you know, holler and I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll cast my vote. Right.
0: Um, I don't think that there was anything serious. Sure. other than he just was having a kid and didn't want to have to think about it unless he absolutely had to.
1: So, so one, one last point on this, this snafu today. I, you know, I like, I like when those things happen because it just shows how excited people are for UFBL and for seeing the results and, you know, Amisha's eagerness and everyone's like, yeah, everyone's sort of like losing their mind at this, at this like controversy and folks having to step in and, and get, you know, criticized for, 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 for it. Like that's, that's UFBL. That's like peak UFBL and I really enjoy it. So I, I really enjoyed today on the process. On the substance, I enjoyed it a little less. But let's, let's, let's go through the, let's go through the measures one by one. Let's start with what passed. So the, 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 the most, I think, benign measure that passed. Was the Buddy Healed rule, which I think is pretty uninteresting? Hi, you, you of of all of the voices in, in USBL these days, you may be the most ornery. Do you um, do you have any issues with the Buddy Healed rule?
2: No, I voted for it. I mean, I don't really quite understand what it is, but it seemed benign enough that I voted yes.
1: Yeah, it's it's nothing. It's um it's nothing. Beer, anything anything on Buddy Healed? No, I mean it was just common sense. That's
0: why I went thirteen to one. I want to know who the one was.
1: <laughs> Didn't somebody say I on Slack? Uh, yeah, I think somebody came out as the one. The, I forget who it was on the, the second measure that passed. That's sort of the the, the next most benign is the um, is the reduction in roster size. Beer, this was your proposal, right? It was my baby. So talk us through it. What what what, what was what was the thinking? Uh, and and were you surprised by the results? Did you did you know that it was going to pass? Had you been doing any any sort of vote whipping or um, polling on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I had asked around. I thought it was going to pass just because there there were several people who felt okay with it. I think the people who felt most strongly against it were those who really really liked playing the waiver wire, which I would agree this this impacts the most. But you know, I think there was some sound logic behind it. If you know, when when contenders, you know, I, I was just rostering Bielko, who should not play on any contender, and due to a massive amount of injuries, I was playing him anyways. But that that type of player sitting at the end of my bench is just kind of emblematic of the lack of need for that. And you create these super teams by jettisoning that stuff for high quality players. And if you actually have to make hard decisions about who's on your team, because you have a short, shorter bench, I think it improves competition, not detracts from it. It just change the, the margins become, well, I have to pick between this guy being available to everyone else and I can't just like stash him to keep him, play keep away from my competitors, that kind of stuff. So I think it just creates harder decisions and will make a more fun league. And, you know, when I asked around, people seemed to agree.
2: I thought it was interesting in light of expansion. I mean, I asked this question before the vote, and it was kind of deemed that it it didn't matter the vote on expansion, what, what order it happened in. But certainly, like with another team coming in and now going down to 15, the wire is essentially unchanged, right?
0: Yeah, it's pretty close pretty but close it's it's slightly down plus now you could two of your spots are il spots so yes people could be rostering guys there all the time but with the with the Chris Jones change well, that was you too height wasn't it uh, you and you and Jones who got oh no you, you were the opposite side of that no. the, the Chris Jones change where no, it, no I was one yeah,
2: you, I was the one who added the IL, but then I was—he didn't want to be able to add people directly to the
0: IL, right? Because then it's another bench spot. Which I, I mean, I get it seems a little substance over form, but you know, it's—it's it's not truly another spot.
1: So we have, so we have two two IL spots now. We
0: have two IL spots and two less bench spots. Right. So I assume this is no, starting right. at
1: the next season
0: this is starting, next, starting
1: next season right yeah, when we have the 15 right. yeah i think effectively it's going to be very close because certainly by 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 the middle of the season there's so many guys on the il and and there's so many, like 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 i've thought about adding like demarcus cousins right now like he's not going to be a keeper next year but like you know if i had an extra il spot i like, could especially if i could add him straight in but even if i couldn't like guys like that will end up just living on rosters um rather than on the uh rather than on the waiver wire so that you know well and everyone will end up with like a lot of players on their roster in in one form or another but i you know i the thing that i like about as i've said to to everyone the thing that i like about having deep rosters and adding the 15th team is you know playing in a league where where the 190th guy you know on yahoo or on monster whatever like matters and um is somebody who you sort of need to be aware of and and who you might be upset if you miss out on on the waiver wire and all that so we we lose a little bit of that whatever but but i would
0: contend that that guy does not matter I mean, I was, I, was, I was a contending team. I I've, all of this. As a contending
1: was, team, it doesn't matter. As a contending team, it doesn't matter. But as a non-contending team, no, I was, like a, that's where I like that's where I like to play.
0: Okay, but I was on a contending team, and I was I carried a guy in the G League for two months, mostly because Peskin just wanted him, and I didn't need to ever drop him. Like I just uh, I was. It's not like I wasn't playing the waiver wire. I had so many available spots that I, I never needed to drop Swanigan. And I would redli- yeah. readily admit that I was just keeping him in case he came back and Peskin actually offered something. that. I no,
1: was look, dude, I, I get it. I, I had CeeDee Osmond on my team for the last, like, <laughs> month because I was waiting for Peskin <laughs> to give me a dollar for him. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's that. It, it, I think it's pretty uncontroversial. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people in the league who are pleased that, it, um, that it's coming into effect uh, when Mitch enters the league. What was the vote on that one?
0: It was still relatively close. It was 11-3.
1: Oh, no, no. Ten,
0: it was 10 fork. So Emmercare was more popular. Huh. Thanks, Horn.
1: Well, listen, <laughs> I, you know, I, but look, I, I thought it was, a, I did not think it was going to be a, a measure that if it didn't pass was going to like cost people, like I don't think it was going to cost anything. I understand your arguments for it. They're fine. But I, like if it didn't pass, I didn't think people were going to be like losing their minds about like the state of the league. Okay. And as as a, you know, preference to have the deeper benches, it was like a no brainer for me to vote against it. So, okay, so Care. EmmerCare, Care's next. I, I think, am I the only one on, in this group who voted for EmmerCare? Yeah.
2: Yeah, man, you, you jumped party lines there, voted across party lines. What's going on? Can you explain yourself a little bit on that one?
1: Yeah, I can. So Care, so look, I hosted the pod, a, whatever, like a year ago, whenever it was, with Emmer and Phil on Reform. And uh, on that pod, and throughout this process, I have recognized that while I don't, well, I like playing the league as it is. I recognize why other people in the league are frustrated by the uh, incentive structure and by the seesawing and and the various other ways in which that seesawing problem has been defined. You know, hyperinflation or speculation, red weddings, whatever. And and I and I said on the pod with Phil and Emmer that I was willing to, in good faith, support you know reasonable measures to address the problem. And I think a lot of the measures that were being considered were either not reasonable or had not been properly considered and tested and and kind of scored uh, and and i was concerned about sort of collateral effects and unintended consequences uh, and the cap train is is the prime example of that but with emmercare what i what i liked about it is that we already have emmercare um we've already we've already sort of um integrated it into our into our league and and when we did initially we always contemplated that it was a fairly modest initial, you know, sort of schedule, and that it could be expanded very easily. It could be ratcheted up or ratcheted down, depending on how it, on how it sort of took to to the body. And it's taken reasonably well. I know, beer, you hate it, and we can talk about that if you want. But it's been, I think, it's been a, a modest success. Uh, um, it impacts some decisions at the bottom, you know, sort of at the margins, right? No, nobody's not going to do some blockbuster deal because it's going to knock them down a few spots in the standings but i think on on some of the more marginal deals that it, it, it's a consideration and has been now for a couple of years um and so so if people now want more reform and people do and i'm i'm willing to accept that that's that's where the league is at at least for a lot of members using using this mechanism this measure that's already um integrated into the into the league and just sort of dialing it up a little bit made the most sense to me as an initial effort to address the problem, rather than introducing some new measure that that may have more unintended consequences. So that was my thinking. Hi, does that is that does that make you feel uh, any better about my uh, about my turncoat move? Not really. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> you didn't stand your ground at all. Well, my my my. my I mean, what's what what's your ground? I mean, what, what's the ground like? What did you vote against Medicare the first time around? <laughs> I honestly don't remember. But but even if but in either case, like I think being amenable to some like you know modest change uh, in the interest of you know league harmony is defensible and justifiable so i'm 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 i can i'll i can die on that hill yeah that is uh, so you're
2: voting you're voting to keep people happy rather than like actually thinking that it's
1: going to improve the league the reason that i the reason that i'm against all of this stuff is because i think the league works pretty well and I like right. keeping people happy and having a harmonious league. So here I'm willing to do something in the, I'm, I'm doing to do, I, I'm trying to do the least invasive thing, the least disruptive thing in the interest of preserving harmony.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can see that point. And like, I, I also don't think that it does a whole lot, which is kind of my biggest beef. Cause if you don't change behavior and it doesn't impact equality, I mean, th- m- my whole thing is this year, Emmer finished last last year. I finished second to last. Emmer would not have mattered. It would not have mattered to Emmer coming in to lose 12 dollars at all. He would still have by far the most unequal team. So to say that it actually impacts inequality is mind-boggling to me. But sure, if this is what we want to do as a league, okay, whatever.
1: Well, look, you know, the pro- the problem is, is that and this and this, this we could talk about this in the context of bird rights too. When you're talking about certain calibers of keeper contracts in UFBL, no amount of well, almost no amount of like financial disincentives are going to keep those kinds of deals from happening, right? So, when you have a contract like, you know, Giannis's contract over the last couple of years, like that's going to move regardless of the financial disincentives, unless the financial disincentives were, you know, 100 hundred hundred dollar penalty or something. But the more we ratchet up Emmercare, the more that some other types of deals and behaviors change. So, I don't think I don't think you have to I don't think you have to dip too far. In terms of like the value of a keeper contract or the value of a of a of a sort of current asset um, that a that a would be seller might have before your before the the cost benefit analysis begins to change. So you know, just to use some examples from this year, like you know, guys in the I don't know, like like some of Weig's guys who he sold, like Eric Bledsoe or somebody like that. You know, I think at, you know, beginning of twenty nineteen when Emmercare when the Emmercare enhancement takes effect. I think guys in that caliber may be more difficult to part with for the sellers who are at the bottom. So I think we can begin to see, you know, we will begin to see some some change in behavior.
2: So like like for example, Batum this year, where I was just realizing that we could we could make a deal on, on air possibly. Oh, um, let's do by, it. by the end of this podcast. And it's a good example where, like, I mean, I, I actually don't know the standings in the Emmercare this year. It's probably not that much difference. And I don't know that Batum is necessarily holding me into 12th place. But is it like, for, for me, whatever I can get out of beer is still going to be probably more impactful than some, some Emmercare penalty um, that may or may not happen, right, L- regardless of if I move Batum.
1: So, like, so I think, I, th- I think, I think what that, what Emmercare might prevent. So, uh, Nick Batum might not be the perfect example because he kind of sucks. But, like, let's assume Nick Batum is a little bit better. And you guys were considering, like, a Batum for, um like, Wendell Carter trade, right? Where Wendell Carter is worth $171. What's that?
0: Wendell Carter is worth one hundred and seventy-one dollars. The market's been set. There's nothing. Well, right, be- <laughs>
1: exactly. That's my no. That's my point. That's my point. So, and and Care will. I mean, this is what the the advocates say. Um, Emmercare will, from Height's perspective, Height in theory should want to acquire Wendell Carter because he's so valuable for somebody like a better version of Nick Batum. And what the league is trying to discourage are those kinds of deals where where the 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 the, the good version of Nick Batum talent all sort of migrates to the top, all sort of rises to the top among all of the buyers and all of the future assets like the great Wendell Carter all trickle down to the bottom to the to the sellers. And, it, you know, again, it, 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 it's, I think, as we as we ratchet up Emmercare, maybe this isn't the last time we ratchet up Emmercare, but as we ratchet up Emmercare, deals like that, and, and, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't have deals like that, but people who are critical of the state of UFBL are critical of deals like that, you know, will say that it, it, it has an effect.
0: Well, I mean, um, like I said, I if this was the only thing that was uh, enacted, I I can live with it. I just don't like it because I I don't think right. it's very effective. It and that's kind of my problem with it, but it's also why I can live with it.
2: Uh, yeah, that's why I just don't think it's effective. Like I think it's there and it doesn't do anything, and it's just kind of meaningless. Whereas bird rights, which I'm sure is kind of a nice segue, bird rights will will have an effect,
1: right? Yeah, so I think right, so right. I think we were all on the same page when when it seemed like all that had passed was Emmer Care and the roster reduction. I think we, the three of us, were all pretty comfortable with that. And then it turned out that um, that Gabe supported bird rights, and now we have bird rights. So I don't. I mean, shit. Beer, like tell tell the kids what what we've won. What what are what are bird rights?
0: We have marginalized all. All cost control keepers are now completely marginalized if you didn't draft a player, is how I read this. <laughs> so, like, I, I'm not actually totally even sure what what the proposal is entirely, because there's, like, a, a, a vague example. But it seems to me like anyone who's, like, on contract, maybe, whenever they're traded, their their contract price goes up. But I'm not entirely sure by the what we voted on, which in and of itself, I'm just like, how did we agree to do this because of based it, off of what was written in, yeah. that, in that email, Emmer's, Emmer's book that was that gave one example and did not appear to address a lot of scenarios.
1: Right. So you know, I had made an effort a couple of years ago with TMac to demand that any proponent of a of a of a ballot measure sort of state you know ex- what part of the constitution needs to change you know what what would the language be does it sunset you know what what, what other provisions are implicated all that kind of thing and um and i think tmec has tried to press managers to do some of that i think emmer here and in some of his other proposals has done has taken like a has used sort of a different form where he's he's asked um, rhetorical questions and then answered them which is helpful in some ways but um but what? But now I think we're left with a measure that that has some ambiguity. Height, do, do you do you have a better read on what the intent of this really is?
2: Uh, hold on, can you go to beer for a second? I'm trying to get Asher another TV show.
1: Um, <laughs> no, I think let's let's stick with this. What t, what TV show? Uh, what are what are Asher's choices for the rest of the ride?
2: Uh, he's trying to figure out how to use the Android tablet and and switch to a show.
1: Is he so more comfortable with is he more comfortable with um, with Apple Apple products?
2: Hold on, let me see if
0: I can. Uh,
1: Beer, how guilty will you feel if Height crashes into a mountain with his son while we're recording the podcast?
0: I mean, guilty? I feel really bad for him. and, and But not guilty.
1: Him. It's like it's not our fault. It's not he's, really our he's fault.
0: He's, he, no. It was his idea, actually, to do this.
1: That's him. right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He, um, he was the one who proposed that he pass the time on this drive by, by recording the podcast. So, Emmer, the, the the language in the measure—I mean, it's not even really a measure. It's sort of, basically it basically says— but it basically says it, it talks about the manager who who drafted a player. But I had always thought that it, that, that bird rights um, are are sort of key off of not the price at which right. it, it doesn't it doesn't the, the rights do the rights do not belong to the per, to the manager who drafted the player. The rights, such as they are, belong to the manager who makes the keeper commitment. Keeps. Is that your yeah, understanding? Height?
2: Yeah, that's how I understood it. That's I think the like most the cleanest way in in many ways. And when I was thinking about how to even track it in the in the franchise record, it it made a lot of sense that it would be based on only only people under contract get the bird right penalty when they're traded. Right? We're not going to penalize prospective keepers.
1: Right. So Cal- Caleb Swanigan doesn't get the ten dollars added to him just because Spear and Peskin made a Caleb Swanigan deal like this year. Right. Caleb
0: Swatigan, definitely in contention to be kept. Definitely in contention to be kept. Definitely in
1: contention to be kept. Right. And, okay. So, and when he is kept, he's not going to, he's not going to, well, how much did you pay for him?
0: Uh sixteen dollars.
1: Wait, really?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is why I'm saying twelve dollars wouldn't have mattered. I just wouldn't have drafted Caleb fucking swanigan.
1: Do you think sorry for partying would be in like second or first place right now if you had used that sixteen dollars? <laughs> he supplement? was my
0: last buy. <laughs> I don't I don't think it would have mattered, to be honest. At that point there weren't a lot of good players left, and I was just gambling.
1: So so Swanigan, if Peskin were to keep him, would cost sixteen, not twenty-six, right?
0: It would cost twenty six, not thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, twenty six, not thirty thirty-six, that's right. Yeah. And then is the and the ten dollars applies each year of the keeper contract, right? That's so right. swanigan so Swanigan would be thirty-six forty-six fifty-six, not thirty-six thirty-six forty-six. 46, right? right. That's right. In other words, you don't just pay the ten dollars in the first year.
0: Yeah, it's it's every
1: year. And then and it's and is it each time he's traded another ten dollars? It's yeah. another ten dollars. That's what it says, yeah. Yeah. So height, what what are your assuming that assuming that the um, the rule is what we understand it to be what are your concerns with this
2: yeah i mean uh, i i kind of said a lot on slack it's it's penalizing trades right these these one of the fundamental reasons why this league is fun is that trades happen and we're we're basically putting a tax on trades and saying that we don't want trades to happen as an attempted measure of limiting Red Weddings and, and limiting consolidation right. of, of talent. Whereas my my point all along that I've been trying to make maybe unsuccessfully, if like we want reform, if we want to limit those types of deals, then we need to limit the assets, right? If we want to swing the league more... On the scale towards a a year-to-year league and less of a keeper league then we can do that and we can look at measures that would do that but by limiting trading it just seems like it's going to be a less fun league i'm all for trying to make it more competitive every year where like anybody can come in regardless of assets and and win the league and so i'm all for anything that can help do that i just think limiting assets is a better way i mean this in, in a sense does limit assets but at the expense of trading which is like
1: one. Right. Well, it does it right. It it diminishes the value of asset, but it diminishes the value of the of the asset that is like the the grease on the wheels of the entire league, which are which are keeper contracts. But it's uh, not even. Anything, it's not even else?
0: just keeper contracts. It's only like it, this would this if Bird rights was in effect this year. I think that Otto would have been viewed by some managers as a bad contract.
1: Who, sorry, who would be viewed as a bad contract? Otto would
0: have been viewed. Yeah. This year. I, I agree. 100%. I agree. I mean, it was already in the second year. The 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 feedback I got was that the second year was like, eh, it's at cost. If this was the case, it just would have been viewed as a bad contract. Whereas Jokic and actually Zinger, I think, probably would have been almost close to that too, maybe. He was traded twice, so he probably right. would have been a bad contract. Jokic would have been totally fine, though. So, I mean, all this does is make those crown jewel keeper contracts the only asset that there is, and so if you have one of those, it's going to be essential to winning the league.
1: That's true, that the Jokic's and the Giannis's become the only keeper contracts that are super valuable because you can swing them around during an arms race. Doesn't that actually perversely just make UAFBL, like, asset speculation even more problematic? Like, doesn't that make the LSL, like, lottery ticket game or the, you know, know, overspending on unproven rookies or second year players doesn't that make that even more like logical and and desirable
2: yeah well you, it would be hard it would be harder to offload those guys right if you spending initially maybe but then if you do keep them three years like take you know you know I don't know if it's too close to home, but Torian prince is an example it'll be really hard to move that contract under bird rights right because not only will somebody have to take it on but they'll have to take it on at a much greater price the second well, right he's moved. so
1: right so that's what everyone has been saying is that like those kinds of contracts. Right. So I did I did Prince and I did and I did Marquise Chris. The reality is that I just wouldn't have made those contract I wouldn't have made those contract commitments in the first place. And right. I don't I I just don't want to play in a league where those keeper contracts don't exist. Like I, I like one of the things that I think is neat about UFDL is that there's a range of players and player types and you know that that get kept. You know, some are you know, veterans who are just, who are like slightly underpriced in in, in, a, in a particular year. Like I remember, like Lusky used to always do this with like Monta Ellis, where like he would just get him for like you know thirty six dollars, and he and then he'd be like an eighty dollar player, and he would just keep him for like a year or two. Or you know, you have guys who are coming back from injury, right? Like the what Russell the Russell Westbrook contract was that, and uh, you know Isaiah Thomas this year, I uh, I paid for on on that theory, and and then you have guys like sort of the speculation guys like like Prince or like Marquise Chris, where managers like. Taking a shot and you know taking on a little bit of risk uh, in the hope that the guys that the guys materialize um, and then there's like the no-brainers <coughs> like Giannis and Jokic but I like that there's all those different flavors of keeper contracts and I think my uh, yeah I think my, my one of my primary concerns with this is that it's going to make the uh, the variety a little bit less um, a little bit less interesting
0: yeah that's I completely agree
1: so and you know I, I was talking about this with Lusky I think on Slack a week or two ago. And he was, I think he, I think his position was like, why is it valuable to play in a league where you're able to keep Marquis Chris? Like, what, how does that add value to the league? And I said, well, I, you know, managers should be able to make mistakes. And, you know, I paid a cost to get out from under it. And, and, and there, there was like the risk shifting that, that occurs um, when I traded him to Peskin. Like, I, I think that's neat. And I think Lusky maybe doesn't think that's neat. I don't know. Like, that, that's, that to me is what makes it a dynamic league
0: yeah I don't understand why 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 that wouldn't be fun I mean all you create these additional assets, these chips that you gotta move around the board and people have to take on. I just think it it creates a, an additional dynamic in the league that is fun and you know now those speculative contracts are potentially complete killers if they if i mean they just yeah, they just won't
2: happen right it'll be it'll be less fun you'll have the more the boring monta mm-hmm. Ellis keeps. And less of the, you know, Torian Prince, even Jamal Murray this year. And I probably wouldn't have kept him.
1: That's right.
0: You know,
2: coming in and there'd be like too much risk. Right.
0: Way. Right. I'm invested and he could still pan out. Yeah, there's no way I'm keeping Brogdon with these
1: rules. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, we've all we all have. Players so, I mean, in that, so uh, in that if that's the
0: case, then is the value
1: of a
2: slot just gonna the value of a slot's just gonna gonna plummet potentially.
1: But that's okay. But now, now you're now you've stumbled into one of the arguments for this, right? So the proponents of this, the reason that this was popular, I think, was in part to or as I was talking about the the, the 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 reform the reform the reformistas in UFBL are looking to are looking to make assets in general less valuable, and the theory is that by doing So you're going to mitigate the impact of red weddings, not to say they won't happen, but there will be less value being exchanged. Um, The consolidation of value at the top by the buyers becomes less concentrated. And so that's those are those are features, not bugs from the from the perspective of the of the reform movement. Height. And so, you know, yeah, like keeper contracts. You might not get every keeper contract being used in a given year. And in theory, like, yeah, the price of the keeper contract should come down. So, and I mean, Haidt, it sounded like you were prepared to accept some, some version of that in the interest of competition. Does that not, does that, does that, first of all, is that, do you think that's right as a theoretical matter? And, and if so, does that not appeal to you? That, 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 if, the, that keeper contracts might not all get used or that the value of the keeper contract should now come down given that. You um, mean the, the slots? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Slots. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Slots.
2: Yeah no I think yeah, I, I, that's fine. As a, you know as a way the league wants to move in, I totally accept that the price of slots can come down, and we could shift more towards a year-to-year league where any, anything's possible. I just didn't think this was the way to do that, and yeah, I was, I that this was is the both a challenge.
0: combination of attacks on trades, and and then the byproduct is that there will be less assets. It's both limiting the fun from an interactive perspective and limiting the fun from a speculative perspective. And you know, I like I said this in the Slack, and I mean this. If we just want to go to a non-keeper league, let's do it. I'm in the non-keeper league. I have fun in that too. there are actually so I, a I, lot when, of trades I assume,
1: there. I assume, when you've said that i have assumed you are you, just being facetious and, and, and making, a, making a rhetorical point no I you mean, actually like, you you would actually prefer to play in a non-keeper league than a than a keeper league where the where the sort of the assets that we use have been so so devalued
0: yeah. i mean well because this completely limits trade like I, I mean it I, if you can't trade a guy on contract now. A guy on contract—it's—it's it's not a keeper league anymore. It's a dynasty league. Like you're locked into these guys, uh, unless they're absolute superstars, and then they're—and then that's going to be a, the hottest commodity around. To me, if you want to maintain trading, I'd rather play in a keeper league, I'm, I'm, or, or a non-keeper league rather. I'm—I'm I'm in another basketball league, and there are a ton of trades in it. A ton. Um, and it's all present to present there's no keeper value you know future value exchange i think this actually will make it harder than it would be in a non-keeper league to trade cuz cuz all of a sudden anytime you move a guy around he had there's implications for his for his for his future value any guy in contract is going to be really really difficult to move so right I, I, it just doesn't feel like it doesn't it doesn't feel like the UAFBL that that have come to love, which part part of it is that it's super interactive and you've got all these, you've got separate dialogues about, you know, Nick Batum for, uh, I have a formal offer out there.
2: We'll get to that. My question, I guess, like everybody who voted on it, I would love to hear, obviously not in this forum, but did they know what they were voting on? Like, is it clear... What exactly the proposal was and the implications to the league and
1: everything. I thought that this year and it might have been I think it, part of it was fatigue because last year the I think the debate was pretty pretty intense. There wasn't really a lot. And and the other the other part of it was that we we, you know, Mitch the, the Mitch thing and the expansion question was happening at the same time. And and uh, you know, in the scheme of things is more important, but um, as a consequence, I didn't think there was really enough—not not enough. There just wasn't a lot of of debate and discussion and sort of like kicking the tires and pressure testing any of these measures this year. Did you guys? Did you guys feel that way too? Like, there, like on any of the email threads where in the past we've had I don't know thirty, forty emails uh, debating some, a measure. Here we had like eight or something.
0: Well, bird rights got thrown in right at the last minute and didn't get any discussion at all. Yeah, I mean,
2: because there was not much discussion, I actually didn't think anything was going to get passed.
1: Right. Other than maybe yeah, the, I, I, uh, I, the,
2: the roster thing and the and the Buddy Heel. Like, I just assumed nothing. There was no discussion. And maybe this was Emmer's, like, evil genius plotting <laughs> it in a way that it, it could pass.
1: Beer, why do you think, put yourself in the shoes of the... Other managers who supported this. Why, given that there wasn't a lot of debate, given that the details might have been a little fuzzy, given that, you know, we're not sure whether everyone's thought through all the ramifications, why do you think it passed? What do you think? What's, what's your sense of why people were interested in in this measure more than any of the other reform measures?
0: Uh, probably because people felt like it was benign, kind of like, like your opinion on EmmerCare. Uh, I mean, I'm completely speculating. They'd have to speak for themselves. But they probably yeah. felt like, you know what? This will. I think at first, at face value, it, it feels like it's going to impact these uh, mega keeper contracts, and I think it actually has. Right. It actually makes those more valuable, and we said that last year. But right. I, and so I think people kind of felt maybe it was benign, and then that's number one, and then number two, there wasn't a lot of discussion, so maybe if you were kind of on the fence, it didn't feel controversial, and you're like, you want to appease people who want some change. Who've been very vocal about wanting some change, and it felt like it was very much similar to your position on the Emmercare expansion. Where I'm kind of ambivalent. I'm going to lean towards yes on this.
1: Yeah, well, um, last year when Emmer tried to um, Dave one look. Emmer, Dave one one, one last
0: thing. Sorry. Or alternatively, they just people just loved it. I don't know. I haven't really. I haven't heard that opinion outside of anybody but Emmer. And it's got a great name. The name of the clause is great, and that might help contribute to
1: some yeah no right? there's a i think right i i agree height there's something there's something appealing about like a UFL version of bird rights and there's something even though i don't think in in practice it's as elegant a solution as as we would like there's a kind of elegance to to this kind of tax um I, I, like I, I could see why why in theory that would strike people as kind of an elegant solution but, you know, so you know, last year, Emmer, um, and I, I was going to say, like, he, he has been leading this reform effort, and it's to his credit that he's taking a leadership role in, in doing it, And um, even, even though I disagree with, with some of the measures. But one thing that he did last year that was interesting was he, he organized, the, like, a, a poll survey of the league to try to uh, uh, identify the problem. Um, and one of the things that, came, that, one of the questions in the poll, and something that at least a few people were concerned with. Was like this issue of players just trading hands too much, um, and like and people always talk about like the Jimmy Butler contract and how Jimmy Butler has like changed this Jimmy Butler contract has changed hands like five times. But and 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 you know at first blush and and you know in, in most cases I think this will be true. Bird rights will will discourage you know the next Jimmy Butler right. You're not going to have a guy change hands five times because that's a fifty dollars surcharge on a Skipper contract. But I've never understood what the downside like. Why don't people like players trading hands a lot I, I just don't understand why that's like some kind of like evil that we have to address
2: i don't think you're gonna find that on this call because
1: i don't think either, yeah. any
2: of us agree with that we probably could have had somebody on the other side on this might have been more interesting
1: there are any false equivalents on my, on my podcast
0: this is literally one of those new york times articles where we're or, or, or podcast or something where we're just sitting around trying to figure out what the hell happened in western pennsylvania in 2016 and, and we're only talking to each other so we don't really have any idea we we need, but, to, we need to send an emissary i, I
1: vote it's the coll- collier bubble <laughs> well it's a bullet
0: block block. Uh, the bullet block
1: bu- the bullet the bullet the bullet bubble the bullet bubble so uh guys let's let's talk about this trade that's that's percolating what's what are the terms
2: yeah i'm, I'm pulling into foster city right now so i only have i have a few minutes left to close this deal
1: Let's uh, close it. Let's let's. I'm, I'm gonna broker the deal. Finally, on the Connor Pod, we're gonna get a deal done. What's where are we?
0: There's a formal offer.
1: So
2: so Batum is obviously involved, as I mentioned earlier. And cash. And
0: right now it's just cash. Yeah, it's really How nice you, not. How much cash? Let's give it out of proof. Let's How much cash did I offer you?
2: It was three dollars. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, it Ooh. was like it was like seven. It was like seven dollars, I think.
0: No, it was three dollars. It was three dollars.
1: <laughs> um, you wait. Hi, you've got a standing offer for three dollars for Batums. He should take uh, that. Yeah, but I've, I've been right? trying to
2: contact uh, some of their managers, and I've, I've been they, nobody out,
1: dude. Nobody else wants. <laughs> nobody else wants it. I'm not just saying this because I Sox. want to close a deal on the pod. Nobody wants but too. you <laughs> You're lucky. You're double lucky. Double you're double lucky. The beer. Dollar. Two dollars. Two dollars. Two dollars.
0: Two dollars. Okay. you're not
2: doing a great job brokering here. What? Why? Uh, can why? you throw? Why? Like, who, do you have any squinters? I haven't seen your roster. Somebody to make this you more exciting, exciting for me.
0: Wait, you need more exciting than three dollars.
2: Am I going to pay three dollars in Obamacare? I mean,
1: unfair. When I no, make this no, <laughs> no. I'm pretty. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure that. Um, I'm. I'm pretty sure that you're gonna. You're gonna land in thirteenth place, whether you make this deal or not. <laughs> who's
2: gonna take take over
0: twelve?
1: Me. I. I. I've, I. have I've got like twenty games in hand on you, and I'm down yeah. with the point. So in, in in
0: return, game. I'm going to send you someone who's very broken. Probably Danilo Gallinari, with a no trade contract, <laughs> no trade clause on him.
1: Oh, dude, that actually might help you preserve. Uh, wait, is Gallo coming back?
0: That's what I'm worried about. You can drop him if you want, but he he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So whatever that means. Do you have any? Do you have any like squinters on there? I have a guy who I'm not trading to you for Nick, Nicholas Batum. I LSL picks Wah. Ooh,
1: what are your what are your LSL picks for next year?
0: Uh, bad. You don't want my. I think I'm like twelfth or something like that,
1: dude. I'm, I'm what not about giving it? you. An, wait, I'm, wait, 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 three... what about, wait. Are either of you guys in on the pes, on last week's Peskin um, seating priority bonanza? No, no. So why don't you guys do it? Why don't you guys do a seating priority swap rights on top of the on top of fierce cash?
0: Wait, why so am I three dollars plus for Batum? Really? Well, what's Batum, that? Didn't we just establish that Batum sucks? No, it's. A...
1: I was trying to, but I, I was driving a hard bargain.
2: He does get a triple double like almost every night. I mean, it's threatened, he threatened
1: to contact so, other managers. Beer.
2: Um, I actually am contacting other managers. And so, wait, what, how does the picks off work? So the cards. So, wait,
1: stuff. hold on. Are we? At, oh, wait, wait. Are we at? Are we at two dollars for Batum or three dollars for Batum? Three
0: dollars. The formal. Three dollars. Yeah, that was the formal offer. Formal offer was three dollars.
1: Oh, dude, dude, hi. That's that's plenty of cash. Dude, if he'll do a if he'll do a uh, a seating priority swap, then that's a you have to that's an instant to accept. But
2: well, what is the seating priority swap? So basically, whoever finishes. Seating higher. priority
1: swap is we don't you guys don't know where your seating priority is going to be this coming year. You but not... if Beers is higher than yours, then you have the right to swap with him. Oh, but if he's so one, and he two, ends up, with fit...
0: I, I want that to be yeah. I want that to be top one protected, or top two protected. Top one
1: protect, top two protect. Well, I, see, I, I I think it's more valuable to do like bottom bottom six protected. What do you mean? Like what I don't do you mean? care like the difference between see, I'd, like the difference between oh, having the I second seating... bottom
0: six.
1: yeah yeah
0: got it alright I do that I... so it's bottom six protected yeah so
2: basically if I finish in the bottom six you can say no
0: okay fine done
1: deal right. is that a deal
0: <laughs> that's a deal Danilo Galinari is going yes! to you
1: yes the first guy is deal <laughs> <five. laughs> so close Send
0: over. I'm, literally
1: Send- my, I'm literally in my driveway right now. Okay. I, oh I man, I'm, I'm excited that I'm excited that Hyde and Asher uh, Ash got home safely. I'm excited that we closed that deal. I'm not excited about bird rights, but gentlemen, good pod. Thanks for thanks for making it work. Absolutely. Hey, thank good night, guys.
2: Good night. Yes. Yeah. Caleb again definitely in contention to be kept.